I'm going to be speaking today on From Stress to Peace and Confidence, Psalm 27. Be strong and let your heart be confident. I'm going to start by telling you a story about why I'm very nearly not here this morning. So, we, our last, we were in four, four different places during our three weeks away. And the last place was in the UK. And we had a flight out yesterday from Heathrow Airport to get back to Toronto. And the, um, the, the, the flight was, um, we had to get from another city a couple of hours away to London to the airport to fly out. So uh, there is a, there's a good bus link between them. So I thought just be on the safe side. On Friday, 24 hours before, I'll just make sure I can book the bus and book ahead and so on. So I went onto the bus website and there were no buses. It said that they were all full. All of them. Nothing at all. What am I going to do? There's no buses. What am I going to do? So I just, I, my mom was there with me and I said, please, would you pray? So she starts to pray and I start looking at some of these websites that kind of generic bus spot kind of thing, you know, find any way of getting from here to here. And I found one that I, I put in, I wanted to be at the airport around 3 p.m. and it came up and it said the airport 3.10 p.m. It said the airport will be at 3.10 and the, everything looked good and I double checked it, I triple checked it, um, the price was okay, get there at 3.10 um, anyway, so I put my credit card in, pressed buy, it sent me the tickets. Breathe the sigh of relief, everything's good, enjoy the rest of the day. Um, woke up on Saturday morning, we were supposed to be leaving just at lunchtime. So I woke up and uh, looked at my phone, there was a message on my phone. It was um, from this company saying, please rate your bus trip. What? Please rate your trip. So I looked at the tickets. I'd not actually looked at the tickets before, and in fine grey print, it said 3.10 a.m. The place where I booked it, because I still had it on my computer, the page, it just said 3.10. What am I going to do? So I thought, okay, I'll look at other ways of getting there. Maybe I can get there on the train. So I started looking at train, and it, something was weird about the train website. Like, it couldn't, I just couldn't make it work properly. And and uh, anyway, after a bit of Googling, I hit. I saw a headline, uh, national, national rail strike today. So what am I going to do? Uh, all the buses are full. That's why all the buses were full, of course, because it was a rail strike. So um, I thought, well, we're going to have to get a taxi. It's going to cost a lot, but I have, we have to get a taxi. So Anne's Googling the taxi companies. We're both praying, and I'm phoning them. And I'm sorry, no, all our cars are full all day today. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. No, we don't have any cars today. Sorry. Is it airport transit and regular taxis? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, so then... Um, Finally, we, um, I, I messaged my sister who lives in another city, and I said, do you have any thoughts what we could do? And she said, well, I could drive you, but I'm just not feeling well today. I can't do it today. But a friend of mine used this service, could try them. So I tried that service from the other city, and they said they would send a car to us and take us to the airport. 
So I kind of didn't believe it to start with, but they said they would do it. And um, anyway, so we packed up everything. The car arrived on time, got us to the airport on time. We got everything, came through, and after, I think, 16 hours of travel totally, we ended up back at our house. So praise God. So not, none of you experience stress in your lives, do you? You don't. I'm sure you don't. No, no, everybody has stress feeling. Well, what I'm, I'm telling you this story, not that there's something unique about me, but because this is life today, isn't it? This is the world we live in. Like constantly this kind of thing, no matter how well planned you are, this sort of thing is going to happen. And so um, I'm taking Psalm 27 and seeing how David deals with a slightly different problem, but I think essentially the same problem. And my goal is to examine the process David went through so that we can learn how to go from this fear and stress to confidence and peace because all of us sometimes are stressed, we lose heart, we feel alone, we feel vulnerable. And Psalm 27, which I'm going to focus on today, is very it's beautifully structured in four parts, almost like four stories. The first one is about physical fear. The second one is about physical safety as a response. The third one is about fear of aloneness and abandonment. And the last one is favor and confidence. And I would say that when, when we think about fear and stress in our lives, there's two kind of things. One of them is, is circumstances which, um, could be financial. They could be other things about, about our life. <clears throat> and the other would be personal, whether it's relationships or enemies or, or just feeling abandoned or even feeling valued as a person. And I would say, so I think the two halves of the psalm fit neatly into that. The first half being the kind of those issues and safety issues, and the second one being relational issues. It's a beautifully constructed psalm, and I'm going to go through it carefully so we can see all of the things that are in here. So we're going to start with verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my deliverance. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the fortress of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There is a lot of imagery in the Psalms. You know, one of the things about poetry is that poetry evokes picture language which connects with our emotions. And here we have uh, the, the image of a fortress. We've got the image of, of God being strong. And then we have... Then evil men stalk me to devour my flesh. When my adversaries and enemies attack me, they stumble and fall. So um, none of us probably, not many of us have been stalked by animals. Um, I actually had an experience a couple of years ago. I was running in a ravine in Oakville and um, it was getting, it was just getting dark and I saw a rather large coyote kind of in the, in the distance. And I kind of scared it and it turned and it ran off. And so I carried on running. And I realized it hadn't actually run very far. It was like a token run and it was still there. And then I realized it was coming after me. It was stalking, not at a distance, but it was following me. Now I, I, you know, I haven't heard of, of adults being killed by coyotes, but I didn't want to be the first one. <laughs> You know, I've heard of adults being attacked by them. And so I, you know, I wanted to play it safe. So I got out of the ravine onto a road. Um, but you know, when an animal is, is stalking you, 
and they're after you and they want you as food. Not a nice feeling at all. And the imagery here is there's people doing that. People, they're after you. They want you. I don't know if you've been in an experience like that. Probably some of you have. When there are some enemies that you have and they, they're going to get you. And they want you. And this is what David's experience was. We know, of course, Saul was actually literally stalking him and Absalom and other situations. Um, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war is rising against me, even then I will be confident. Now, what I'd like you to do is to transpose this like physical aggression that is stressing him with what in our in our culture here is more likely the stress of life. When things could go really badly, you don't know whether this is going to work out or that is going to work out, like my train situation, was I going to miss my flight and have to kind of renegotiate what was it going to be? And this kind of thing happening all the time. And so it's not so much that we are stressed by by these enemies literally trying to kill us, but we're stressed by a world that is constantly having possibilities of of getting problems, which can just stop us from relaxing. So uh, how should we respond to this? How can we respond to this problem? Well, you notice in verse 1, he says, The Lord is the fortress of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I googled fortress, and this is my favorite one. Um, so I just like the idea, like, the Lord is like this, and I'm behind these walls, and none of these problems can get me. And this brings me peace because I'm in that situation. I'm in a safe place against all of these things. And uh, this, is, um, this is the protection that we have that we're in the tower. i tell you another story from our our time. Now, we had some great things happen as well, but this is another stress story. Um, When we came back, when we were, um, when we came back from France, we landed at Gatwick Airport and we had to get a train to Southampton. And I looked at, I looked at all the timetables and it was the last train from the airport to where we're going to. And um, it didn't allow us a lot of time to get from the, the plane landing and getting to the, the platform. So I thought, well, what are we going to do? And Anne said, we'd book it and we trust God. Okay? He's our high tower, right? We'd book it. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to book it. I'm going to trust God. So you're probably wondering what happened. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah, so I, the plane was on time. The plane landed on time. And then some horrible... Check-in delays and not check-in um, passport control delays and all of that stuff and getting a baggage and anyway we got to the platform with a train ten minutes before the train was due to come in great and it was there was a couple of trains before it and it always comes up with the details of the next train and when our train was two minutes before it came the full details came up on the board our destination wasn't listed so Anne said there's a there's a, a a real guy over there, why don't you go and ask him? So I went over this, asked this guy, um, how do you get to Wollstone Station on this train? Does it go there? No, this train doesn't go to Wollstone. I said, but look, here's my ticket. This is the train, and it says Wollstone. Oh, he said, you're right. Oh, 
And he, he got his, got his phone out and he started looking. The train is in, in by now and it's slowing down. And, um, he's saying, Hey, keep away from the, keep away from the edge of the platform there. And he's doing again in the train. I mean, be quick. Anyway, finally he brings it up and he says, Oh, he says, you have to be in the first four cars of the train and you have to get out at the stop and change to a different train. And like train is stopped now with the doors open. So like we're running, we get on the train in the first four cars. The train leaves. But, and we sit down, we say, thank you, God. You're our fortress. You have our backs. And he was right. Everything worked and we got there. Fine. So God is our fortress. So actually the problem was that if we didn't stress about it, there's no problem. We just, we just book and we trust God. And you know what? If we hadn't got the train, God would have provided something else. There'd have been some way that we do it. We don't just um, trust God and be stupid. We trust God and we do what we can, but we don't stress about this. And so what we see then is this um, uh, fortress, and it builds up to a climax in verse 3. I'm just going to go back, verse 3. It, it builds up to a climax, but then each of these four sections I'm going to show you ends with confidence. Even though war is rising against me, even then I will be confident. So each each of these sections that he takes, these four, has like a little circle that starts with the stress and it ends with the confidence. So the second block of verses is about physical safety. One thing have I asked of the Lord, this is what I will seek after, that I may live in the Lord's house all the days of my life. So I can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and focus on him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he'll hide me in his own shelter. He'll conceal me under the cover of his tent. He'll lift me up onto a high rock. Then I will triumph over my enemies who surround me. I'll offer sacrifices in his dwelling place with shouts of joy. I'll sing and make music to the Lord. This is, this is very beautiful. And what we have in here is the, again, very vivid language to, to, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to hide in, in the cover of his tent. So it's like God has a tent there and you climb under the cover, you climb under the flap and you're safe there. Uh, I, I've got an image for you now. What's, what's the internet for if it's not for pictures of kittens? So here's our internet picture of a kitten. So here it is. It's, it's under the shadow of this great big dog that's protecting it. And this kitten is completely safe. Or here's another one. Here you go. Um, so this is my one for being under the shelter of, the, of God's tent. You know, here's the ear of the dog. And this, does the kitten look happy to you? He's, he's happy. And, um, David says, I, the one focus of my life is to be in God's presence, presence. That's my plan, to be in God's presence, to believe he is my fortress. Actually, let me just go back to the, um, there we go. Uh, what, actually, in verse four, the, the temple, actually, the, the, the temple, as a, you know, a stone structure hadn't been built at this time, it was still a tent. And David would actually physically have to go there in order to do this. And he did. We know he actually moved the tabernacle to Jerusalem so he could, in fact, 
go in there and regularly and be in God's presence. But the great thing is that we don't have to travel somewhere to be in God's presence. Where is God's presence now? Especially, I know his presence is everywhere, but where is particular presence? All right. So Dan is saying this, and actually what Dan is saying is true in two ways. One of ways, it's we're a community of God's people, but also individually, we carry God's presence. Do you remember when the woman of Samaria said to Jesus, some say we should worship in Jerusalem, some say this mountain, where should we worship God? And do you remember what Jesus said? The time is coming and is now when worship, those who worship God worship him in spirit and truth. In other words, we have the spirit. We are the presence of God. So what you can do, what this comes down to, you can obey this verse four by being, by just enjoying God's presence within you. And here's the stress. You can say, Lord, you're in me now. I can just enjoy that you are here, that your fortress is here. You are within me. And I want you just to connect with that mentally, this physicality of this, that David had to physically go to a place. But even so, there's something about like knowing that in our bodies, our bodies are the temple of God. And we can actually know that he is with us. And within us, within our own hearts, we can gaze at his beauty and pray to him. And... Um, the other thing that's interesting is that this, this particular, this, this second of the four, as all of them do, end with a statement of praise and hope. And this one actually ends in song. Uh, I will sing and make music to the Lord. And we're going to end my sermon with a song. We're going to do this because actually this is very important. In many of the Psalms we see this. There's a cycle. You start off in stress. And then you, you, you meditate, you pray to God, you have confidence, and then you sing. And the singing in confidence is part of the cycle. And it's good to do this. And so part of what I'm doing today is I'm praising you that God kept Anne and I for three weeks traveling around a number of different countries. And every time God was with us, praise his name. He never let us down. He was with us every step of the way. Praise his name. So David's plan is, he says, believe he is your fortress. Keep close to the Lord and you'll be safe. Believe he's your fortress and keep close to him. David said, I just want to be with him just to, to keep my eyes upon him and you'll be safe. So those are the, two, the first two parts. Physical fear, physical safety. And now we're going to go from, from things, from, from external issues to relational issues. And we're going to look at fear of a, aloneness and abandonment and favor, as opposed to favor and confidence. So the next three verses, four verses. Hear me, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. So he's crying, God, hear me. Hear me, God. Answer me. Listen to me. My heart tells you, tells me to seek your face. And I do seek your face, O Lord. Do not hide your face from me. Do not push your servant away in anger. You have been my help. 
Do not forsake me or abandon me, O God of my salvation. And then, as all of these sections, the statement of confidence. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord would take me in. This is such a precious statement. And we know from David's story that perhaps he didn't get the best parenting. When Samuel visited his home and said, you know, one of your sons is going to be king, They went through the sons and they got to the end and the father said, well, this is them all. And Samuel said, don't you have any more sons? He said, oh yeah, we've got another one. He's up in the hills as a shepherd. Now, what does that say to you about about how he felt as as a child? Was he valued? I don't think so. I think he had some issues here and he found his security in God. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord would take me in. And so this is, this is a God who has this deep personal relationship with us, who has this deep connection, and I think particularly reflected in Jesus. We're, we're looking at the, the psalm right now, but I could look at many places where Jesus says, no, I will not leave you orphans. I am with you. I will not abandon you. And I think that... Um, it's there. Are, there are there are there are many religions in this world, and this is, I think, one of the things that's unique about what we believe: that God is a God who connects with us and will not abandon with us on a deep personal level. Will not abandon us. I had uh, uh, an amazing experience, and this is the, the last of my stories I'm going to tell from the last three weeks. I had an amazing experience of being able to share the gospel with someone. I can't, I don't think I can remember such an amazing experience that I had in my time. And the key to this experience was seeing the person connect with the fact that Jesus would not abandon them, that he could just forgive everything they did wrong and they could just come to him. And as I shared with her that Jesus says, come to me, or you are labor and fully laden, I will give you rest. I'll forgive your sins. You don't need to do anything. And like, is that right? She said, really? And nobody told me this. And it was like she was just hungry for the gospel to hear about Jesus. And as I shared with her, she just desperately wanted this Jesus who she didn't have to, she didn't have to reach up to, but he could come down to her to where she was and meet her needs. And it was just, it was pure joy for me to, to share the message of Jesus with this woman and with her to pray for salvation. And, uh, uh, this is, because this is a God who, de- who loves us in a way that is so amazing that even You know, even Peter denying Jesus in that horrific way didn't separate him from Jesus' love. You know, even our sin does not separate us from this love. We don't have to think, oh, I've been good enough today for him to love me. No, his love is sure and it's steadfast. Um, So I want to spend a little bit more time on this for for looking at a couple of other psalms because I think it's so key for what I want you to take away today. Psalm 71, for you give me confidence, O Lord. O Lord, I've trusted in you since I was young. I've leaned on you since birth. You pulled me from my mother's womb. I praise you 
continually. And then um, the psalm continues, Do not reject me in my old age when my strength fails. Do not abandon me, for when my enemies talk about me, those waiting for a chance to kill me plot my demise. They say God has abandoned him. Run and seize him, for there's no one who will rescue him. O God, do not remain far away from me. My God, hurry and help me. But then he continues the psalm, O God, you have taught me since I was young, and I'm still declaring your amazing deeds. Even when I'm old and gray, O God, do not abandon me until I tell the next generation about your strength. And the the wording of this psalm, it's not like I'm afraid you might abandon me. No, it's God, you're the one who does not abandon me. Um, here's, a, here's another example. Certainly you made my mind and heart. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome amazing, and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth. He's talking about him as a fetus before he was born, that God was even there. Your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came into existence. How difficult it is for me to fathom your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is their sum total. Now this is what it's saying here is very important. What it's saying is very important because God is thinking of you all the time. He's thinking of you all the time. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you say something and, and, and they've been looking at their phone and they, oh sorry, what was it you said? You know, and they're really not concentrating. You know what that feels like? God is never looking at his phone instead of looking at you. You ha- he's watching you. He knows all the things that you do. And he's not watching you in like in a, how can I get him way, but in a way of a loving parent. He's there. He's thinking of you all the time. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that extraordinary? that we are so precious to him. Jesus, who's given his life for us, who's died on the cross, values us so much that he's there all the time. So any time you can come and you can pray, and you don't have to remind God of the things that were happening to you because he wasn't paying attention. No, God knows exactly where you are, what you've been going through. And I want you to just take a moment just to think of this truth, that right now, God's attention is on you in a loving way. He's not going to abandon you. He says, I have you. I have you in my hand. I'm going to end uh, this, these other verses here with, with the strongest one. Can a woman forget her baby who nurses at her breast? Can she withhold compassion from the child she's born? Even if mothers were to forget, God says, I could never forget you. So this is such a powerful concept. And if this is clear in the Old Testament, it's even clearer in the New. We're not going to look. There are so many verses we could see, but it's even clearer in the New because um, Jesus just brought so much teaching on this. Well, I've got the fourth now of these parts to the psalm. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't reverse read verse 16. And that's amazing. Lord, I have inscribed your name on my palms. Your walls are continually before me. So the last section now, 11 through 14. 
Teach me your way of living, O Lord. Lead me along a straight path because of those who wait to ambush me. The word straight really means it's, it's, clear, it's safe, it's laid out, it's not dangerous. Do not turn me over to my enemies for false witnesses who want to destroy me lie against me. Where would I be if I did not believe I would experience the Lord's favor in the land of the living? Wow. Wow. Rely on the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be confident. Rely on the Lord. And I want to leave those last two verses with you particularly today. And I want you to take these out with you in your heart. And I want these to be a strength against stress in your life. I want these to be the walls against stress, not just against the stress of our life, but this personal human stress of being abandoned or being treated badly or, or, you know, losing friendships or having enemies. Uh, but where would you be if you didn't believe that you would experience the Lord's favor now in the land of the living? His favor is on you, and I want you to just carry that. His favor is on you. And even though you will have problems, Christians have problems just like non-Christians, you have problems. The difference is you have God's favor with you, and you don't have to be stressed. And here's the last cry. Rely on the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be confident. Rely on the Lord. And so I want to... I want this message to to connect with you in these two ways, just physically that you have a safety, a physical safety, whether it's a financial problem you face or, or just the stresses of life like I was facing when traveling or all kinds of things, employment, whatever, that kind of thing. Just feel that God is your fortress. He's your, he's, he says, I am with you. And I want you to remember that he's the one who says, I will not abandon you like even a parent might, but I will keep you for eternity. I will hold you. I'm like even more faithful than a mother to a baby. I will be, have that kind of connection to you. David is not writing this in the abstract. David is not writing this as an academic paper. David has experienced everything he says in this psalm. And every one of these four sections ends with praise. And we're going to end with praise now. Amen? Let me just close in prayer. I'm going to read these verses, and then we're going to praise. Where would I be if I did not believe I would experience your favor, O Lord, in the land of the living? Lord, I rely on you. May I be strong and my heart be confident. Lord, I rely on you. Lord, I pray for each one of us here as inevitably we face the stresses of life today that each one of us will know your presence. And I pray, Lord, if there are any here or watching us online who do not know you as their savior, that they would listen to the words of Jesus who says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. Follow me. Come to Jesus. Just give him all your failures and all your sins and say thank you that you have borne those on the cross so that I can be in a perfect relationship with you as your child and your loved one. Thank you, Lord.
I rest in you. Amen.